Welcome to the Aussie Villains podcast after our 1-0 win over Chelsea. The crew is back. Could not be more excited. Four wins from six. This is the Aussie Villains podcast. to the Aussie Villains podcast. You might have picked up a bit of the theme in our intro song. Um, and if you can't pick it up, it's Elvis Costello. I don't want to go to Chelsea. So there we go. Um, <laughs> guys, the kind of game we would have, we say it again and again, the kind of game we would have lost in previous years. And I just thought we played fantastically against Chelsea last night. Not a happy hunting ground for us, usually, Stamford Bridge. So that's a that's a really pleasing result for us. And, um, yeah, just with the midweek loss as well, I think it was really important to bounce back and, and get a positive result, which we did. Yeah, the back-to-back wins at Stamford Bridge. I don't have we, have we, I can't remember the last time we've done that. That's a long, it's a long time, I'd say. Um, yeah. Game plan spot on, I thought. I thought to, to a yep. tee, I think he approached the game exactly as he should have. He let Chelsea have the ball. Um, very, very good win away from home. There's a lot, a lot of positives to take. Um, the main thing I took for that, right, if you if you didn't watch football or listen to speculation and stuff and you sat down and watched that match, who would you think was the 100 million midfielder? Kamara or Caicedo? Because Kamara, <laughs> Kamara, yeah. Kamara absolutely ran that show last night. That was, that's a, that he that was his best performance for us since last season. He he was brilliant. Kamara and Louise, man, they were just far too good for Gallagher and uh, and Caicedo. It, it shows how little we we know as um, supporters sometimes, though, because Kamara's had a pretty ordinary season so far, and we've only just started, mind you. Um, but that was a really good performance, and mate, people were calling for him to be out of the team in the last mm-hmm. few weeks. I've I've sort of voiced that myself on the pod. I just think, you know, with the high standards he's set, I don't think he's hit here. And but yeah, Spud's right. Yesterday was just back to his old self, dominating and just yeah, he was quality and and sticking with the positives. For me, the three I picked three things out. The clean sheet away from home was really important for us because we've been really shaky at the back and just uh, you know conceding goals left, right, and center. So to get a clean sheet was a massive positive for me. The Ollie Watkins goal we know what he's like once he gets one goal he sort of goes on a run so massive positive hopefully he kicks on and then for me Ramsey's return so good to have Jacob Ramsey back on the field and just what he adds to us and and it was a typical um, Watkins goal wasn't it Mm. it it took a deflection I know he did all the hard work but it took the deflection then a beautiful shot he's such a mixed bag yeah it was a quality finish Absolute quality, and it wasn't an easy chance to finish either because the defender got a touch to it first and knocked the ball away from him, but he stayed composed. I like the little celebration too, sticking the fingers in the air, saying, I'm blocking out this noise. Love, love that. Yeah, and I like that a couple of times, hasn't he? He's done that a couple of times in the past, and I, I, I do love that celebration. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, like we all know Aston Villa are better with a firing Ali Watkins, 
That's yeah. the reality of it. Like John Durant, John Durant isn't as effective as a as a, as a, as a firing Ollie Watkins yet, and that's just the reality of how we're going. Oh, I actually thought John Durant probably had earned a shot at playing up front, to be honest. But um, yeah, look, he stuck with Watkins. I mean, Unai Emery's always had a lot of faith in him. Um, yeah, it's just good to see him scoring goals. But it's it's important he backs that up now. What about those uh, the two shots from Zaniola and um, Dean as well? How unlucky were they? Oh, on another day, that you know, like you say, both of those going cracking saves from uh, Sanchez. But the technique from both of them was just superb. But yeah, unlucky with those two. And we we probably could have been you know a few goals in front and made it a bit more comfortable for us. But Chelsea sort of hung in there. And I sort of I said it last week as well after the Palace game. Emmy Martinez, some of the saves that he pulls off just at the crucial times. I think Sterling just after half time, minute after half time, we'd fallen asleep again. Similar to the Palace game, forty six minute. And he pulls the save off just to just to keep us in the game there, and that that's a big turning point for me because if Chelsea get a goal there, the pressure you know they sort of start to build and the pressure builds on us a bit. But yeah, Emmy Martinez for me has been superb in the last few weeks. John John Terry used to say that Peter Cech was worth twelve points a season to Chelsea, and you, you've got to say Martinez is at that level for Villano. Hundred percent. Absolutely, absolutely. Important, with the important, what I mean, I'm not saying it was as good as Czech yet, but for the importance to the team. Yep. Oh, definitely. I mean, oh, yeah, you, you, you're spot on. It's it's what he gives the team. And, I mean, we should do that. We should go back through the games where he's he's done that to us. And, look, we, we're four wins out of six. Um, so, the exciting thing for us there, that's, you know, 66% win, win rate. Um, we just need to turn a couple of losses this season into draws. So, you know, I said I'd take a point from this game. You said we'd get three. Um, and yep. Went on the last one. But, mate, to get three points, I've been chuffed all morning, all day. Yep. Um, I think six games in, 12 points, I would have definitely taken that at the start of the season. We've probably beaten the teams. We've probably beaten the teams you expect us to beat. And we lost the two away games that I would have expected us to lose. I didn't expect us to lose them so heavily. Like, I don't think anybody did, but no. I expected us to lose those games. So, I, I thought we'd give Newcastle a bit more of a rattle, but St. James Park is a hard place to go. So, I, I think 12 points, sitting pretty in sixth place. Big test ahead, but we have a nice little run now where we can pick up points. So, it's absolutely vital that we do that. Yeah, we will go through that soon. But it was probably the most even performance of the season. I didn't think there was anyone who was absolutely the standout man of the match. Um, Camara for me. Yeah, I, I still think it was a really close. Yeah, I hear what you're yeah. saying. I thought the RB was fantastic again, and Louise has just become the consistent player we want him to be. And yeah, I, I was impressed. I thought Torres had his best game in a Villa shirt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but I think Kamara ran the show. But yeah, really pleasing for Pau Torres and copped a little bit of stick, isn't he, from Villa fans in, um, on socials out there for, for his defending more so. But there's a, there's a quality player in there. And I just think the more time uh, Konza and Torres spend together, I think that's the pair in there. I think that, uh, you know, a back four with those two in the middle probably looks our best at the moment. Um, I know Diogo Carlos is out injured and I do like the back three, uh, but I just think, yeah, Cash, Konza, um, Torres, and then Marino when he comes in is probably our strongest back four. And I think that's the way we'll probably go. I'll tell I you know. what, um, Dean's not doing himself any disservice. He's, he's, it's going to be, he's going to be hard to dislodge. Yeah. 
Marino wasn't on the pitch on the bench last night, which no, really I did notice that he wasn't on the bench. That's interesting whether he's picked up another niggle or the injury. What what um what I will say is though, and I'm not going to go into negatives and knocking people here and stuff, but it's just a point that I need to make is that because I praised him so much at the beginning of the season. If I was John McGinn, I'd be starting to worry a little bit about my place. He, he's not he's not firing at all, is he? The last two or three games, mm-hmm. and and he's getting taken off earlier and earlier in the games. Like Emery's not afraid. I don't, I don't want to go bashing him because typically when Villa play well, John McGinn plays well. You know that's just yep. that's just like he's that important to us. But the team is starting to perform without him a bit now at the moment, and his his like oh look we'll never, we'll always say his his form is there. There's like his, his effort is always there. Sorry, um, but yeah, I think his ball retention has been questionable the last few games. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think there's strength there, and I think I think he needs to throw in a performance just to remind the manager what he what he brings to the team. Because uh, with Ramsey coming back, Zaniola is um, as equally as impressive as he is frustrating. So like that's kind that's kind of um, there's definitely an absolute star quality player there, but uh, his decision making at times it's almost like he's too eager to impress there at times, you know. Yeah. I agree with that, but I reckon it really it looks like you've got all the um the skills and attributes to be a success in the Premier League, but just trying a little bit too hard for that first goal, I think, isn't he? And I think that's probably, you know, clouding his judgment. Yeah, you'll probably see the best of him once he gets that goal, I think. Yeah. Well, look at the bench uh, on uh, last night. Uh, Ramsey, Bailey, Tillemans, then Donka, Duran, um, obviously Olsen there. You got Chambers. Uh, I'm going to say the Frenchman wrong. Our depth is unbelievable at the moment. Yeah, that's the strongest bench I think I can remember for Villa. Really, in a long in a long time, anyway. We typically haven't had that sort of strength running through the squad. And yeah, and, and just going back to Spud's point, I think it's good that competition for places. I think McGinn is definitely one that you know looks like he could probably do it coming out maybe for a, for a game. Um, but you know, Jacob Ramsey coming back could obviously slot in there, but yeah, having that depth is really pleasing. And, and I think you know, um, you do have to look at results around you and, and seeing Arsenal and Tottenham draw. I mean, we're only two points off, um, you know, we're two points off, off fourth, so we should be aiming for it, and three points off um, Brighton, who are playing fantastic football at the moment. So, um, it's there for the taking, boys. Big yeah. game against Brighton coming up, isn't there? So, when have we got them? Not next Saturday, I think. Yes, so Saturday, Saturday to have seven kickoff. Me and WA, so it's an early kickoff. Yeah, nine thirty, nice nine thirty, nice nine thirty kickoff. A reasonable time for me before my markets on Sunday morning. So, yeah, that's a massive game, isn't it? Like you know, when you see, I know. Every game, you sort of look through the fixtures. Every game is a big game in the Premier League, but especially when you know how well Brighton have been playing and where we want to be at the end of the season at home. That's that's a huge game. I'm very happy it's at home, though. I don't. I wouldn't fancy playing them away at this moment until we get our backline sorted a little bit. Um, yeah. Villa Park has become a bit of a tough tough place for play, people to come now, as your home ground should be if you're going to be a successful team. But we just have it at Villa Park at the moment, so. I am, you know, Paul. We've talked many times about uh, games that are good to be away, and then you know some of the stuff that's going on with different clubs, and you think, oh, it's yeah. good that we're away, away this week, and this can work. This is definitely a game I'm happy we're at home at. I, uh, I wouldn't mm. really want to be 
facing Brighton away at the moment, just under back four. Look, look, it's getting better, but it still looks that little bit leaky. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think we we should be confident going into this game. Yeah. Well, how good is this for the next week and a bit, um, or, or or when we start playing on Thursday, right? If you're a Dylan, you've got three home games in a row. You've got um, like if you're a season ticket holder, you got the. Uh, E, uh, EFL Cup on Thursday morning, which we'll cover in a minute against Everton. Uh, Saturday, you've then got the game against Brighton. And then the following Friday, you've got the game, um, I'm going to say them that, uh, Zelensky Moster. So w- within a week and a bit, you've got three home games. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. And, and, and as I said, our form, home form is so good at the moment. You want, you want those games in the co- other competitions to be at home. You want to be drawing your Everton's at home, you know? Yeah, and just squad depth as well. Like we were just talking about, these games are coming thick and fast, so there's gonna be there's gonna have to be rotations and and you know resting players because you know th- there's so many games coming up if we go deep into the cup comps and then with the Europa Conference games as well. Well, good news for us guys. We've got Everton this week in the EFL Cup. We haven't had a good cup run in a long, long time. I think it starts. I know Everton had a good win on the weekend. But we should be going in this game very, very confident uh, of taking the win against Everton and, and going on. Um, have you had a chance to think of the kind of squad you may want uh, for Thursday morning? Yeah, I, I think he's going to. I don't think he's going to go risky like he did last week. I mean, no. there will be changes. There's that, but I don't think there's going. To, you're not going to see a back three with uh, Longley, Chambers, and um, uh, Ch- Longley, Chambers, and who who played played right back. Uh, I thought Chambers, yeah, Chambers, Longley. Oh, good question, man. I can't remember who played against Leggy. I played left back. Um, we're having a, we are having a struggle here. Tonight. I know Kimes have definitely played, but where did he play? It was him. So Chambers, oh, Chambers played right back. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Longley Chambers is right and, back. Kimes uh, played centre backs. So who was left back then? I thought it was Luca Dean. Did he start against Legia? Oh, he did, yeah, because yeah, he scored. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he scored too, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can't see Langley and um and Chambers starting together again, to be honest. Not, nah. this, soon, not this soon, anyway. Um, I don't know where Diego Carlos is with his injury at the moment. Yeah, um, still uncertain. He won't be playing. I don't think he'll be playing for the next week or so. Yeah, so um, I hope he goes strong. Um, I, it, Because it's a Wednesday night, not a Thursday night, we may very well see it, but then again, you've got an early game when Saturday, but I don't think Emery's going to want to, like, it's okay in the, the the Europa Conference League because you have five more games to rectify your mistake. If you make that mistake in the EFL Cup, you're out. So, mm. I think so. I think he will kind of go somewhere strong. I I would have said Duran probably would have started, but now that Ali Watkins has scored, I would imagine Watkins will start because he'll want Watkins to score again. Yeah. Would, would be my I'm, guess. I think he will start Duran on Thursday morning. You think so? I mean, he, he very well might, yeah. But yeah. I, with, um, with Watkins being such a streaky striker, I, I could see him thinking, right, maybe get him in there, you know? But you could be right, he may go with Duran because he, he seems to trust Duran a bit too, like, yeah, I got. I've sort of plumped for Duran as well, just because he's been on a bit of a streak as well. And I think he might just give him the start. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I think he'll go relatively strong. To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ramsey come in to start. I'd love to know what's happening with Alex Marino over the weekend. Whether it is an injury or whether he is available, that'll be interesting. Because I'd be keen to see him get a run out too. Tillyman surely starts. Yep. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I would go Kamara with him just to give Dougie a bit of a a bit of a, a bit of a rest. And I think Kamara going off the weekend, just let him carry on. Strong, strong showing and hopefully repeat it. Well, they, Marino won't start. He, he, you know, um, in the interview that Unai did, uh, he wasn't in the report. thinks his fitness is still not there. Yeah, okay. So that'll be Luca Dean starting left back then, yeah? Or or Revan. Did Revan go out on long? Yeah, he's not. He, he, won't, he won't be playing Thursday yeah. morning. No, there's no way. I reckon he'll start Dean. I reckon Marino will be on the bench for the, uh, the, the game on Saturday, I reckon. The only other thing he might do to give Dean a rest if Moreno is um, injured, he might move Pro Torres and Kanza together or center back. Yeah. Yeah, just because because if Moreno is out injured like Luca Dean, he needs Luca Dean for the league games and the conference league. So he may yeah. he may up the rest him and put uh, Torres out left. I think it's a game Torres should play in because I do too. He needs to get up to speed in the English games a bit quicker and these kind of cup games, you know, like everything will bring the physicality and I think it's a good game for him. It's a good learning curve for him in the Premier League. I know it's the EFL Cup game, but everything I want to see this is their only chance of a success. So they're going to bring it like... Yeah, I agree, mate. And I, I've sort of gone with Konza to sit with him as well because I just think that understanding for those two is so important going forward for the rest of the season that, yeah, I know we we got to be mindful of the games, but we've been so shaky at the back that I think those two getting more minutes together is really important. You're not going to like this, guys. I think he's going to play almost the same squad he played uh, in our first uh, Europa Conference League um, game. I, I, I really... I think when you look at the ladder uh, positions and you look at what's up for grabs, this is this is the kind of season Champions League is there to be grabbed. Yeah, look, you, you could be right. You could be right. Um, but he, I think he's also mad to win a trophy. And I think it really hurt him at Stevenage last year. There is a possibility then Donker comes in and plays yep. as a centre-back or centre-mid as well. Um, oh, will you, I, look, I also think, honestly, I'm, you're not going to like this. I think he's going to play Olsen. Yeah, it's a good, good chance he will. He, he might want to protect Martinez, yeah. There's a good chance he probably will play Olsen, I, I think. In, in fact, I'd probably expect him to play Olsen. Like, he's got to, he's got to get him some game time. He's, he is the yeah. best for the season. So, yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, I don't think he's going to want to drop Martinez for any conference game unless we're automatic, already qualified. So, no. uh, yeah, but, I, I would say I would say Olsen will start this game, Paul, right? And the thing is, guys... Um... You know, people might say we're going to take the cup game easy, but there's a lot of players playing for, you know, regular game time. I think we started off poorly in Europe. I can't imagine they're going to go into this game on Thursday morning um, with any um, misapprehension that, that evidence not going to come at them. I think every single player will be ready to rock and roll. Well, we saw Unai's reaction, didn't we, on the bench, you know, and against Legia Warsaw, and I just... Yeah, you you just knew there was going to be a reaction after that game, didn't you? And I think that's I just can't see you know Unai Emery allowing that to happen again. A result like that, he's I don't know. Every time we've sort of had poor results under him, we've definitely had a, a reaction. So I I think he'll go strong in this game, and he he'll want to go deep into the cup comp as well. He wants to win something bad at Villa. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, I, I'm, I'm, as you know, like, we're all Una Emery's massive fan, so I'm not knocking him, but he laughs to put his hand up a bit for that leg year result as well. He got, he got, he got his tactics wrong. Very, oh, very and, wrong. and I'd, I'd, I'd be shocked if he wouldn't, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, so, he, he'll own that. 
but the players have to take responsibility anyway. He he should be able to put those players on the pitch. He said he wants two players for every position. So yeah. But did he need to put that many changes in for the first game in Europe in thirteen years? I don't. Think yeah. Uh, yeah. And I and I think uh, like for me, and I think Chambers took a lot of flack, you know, on socials. But for me, he's a guy who hasn't played a lot of football, and to stick him at right back, where it's not his, he's, that's not where he's played, you know, a lot of football anyway, and he hasn't played a lot of minutes. That's a very risky call, isn't it? Yeah, and it was a cauldron. That it was a cauldron atmosphere as well. What a fantastic. Uh, Support they um, gave their home team. Mm. Yeah, and 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 the um, like uh, anyone like that's watched Lega Warsaw before know like that they get a lot of crosses into the box. Like they they, they the wings is where they hit it. So you're right, uh, right now it's a bit strange that like he went with Chambers right back. You know, mm-hmm. better off when Jens the centre half if he's going to start them. That's that's where I, that's where I thought he would go. I thought Chambers, if he's going to come into the game, would either sit in defensive midfield, maybe next to a Tielemans or centre back. But yeah, right back. I just feel like he's a bit of a sitting duck. It's, um, he just stands out out there for me. Yeah. Bit of whack of pace and he yeah, tries yeah. To position himself, but that whack of pace kills you. I don't want to just put my hand up and tone saying it like, oh look, we got it all wrong. It was all our fault to win. I want to give Leggy a bit of uh, a bit of kudos too, man. They worked their socks off, man. They didn't yeah. give us a second on that ball. They were very good, like pressing wise. Like what what they lacked in ability, they made up more than made up for an effort. Like and you know, yeah, like I I, I think Villa took them. A, I, I think took them a bit for granted. I thought Villa just thought they had to turn up. Oh, hundred percent. They didn't and, get and that, that was why you Unai reacted the way he did, I thought. Um, and, and we said it, you know, the, the teams that we're playing, they, they're not a joke. And, and you know, Legia Warsaw are now second on, 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 the, uh, on the table, two points off top uh, with two games in hand. So, you know, they could be on top of their, uh, their competition in the next week or so. And they haven't lasted home in like 12 months or something. No. And, and, and literally won on the weekend again, uh, 2-1. And yeah, they're two points off top with two games in hand. So yeah. us taking him as a joke was yeah. I, I think we went out with the wrong attitude. Yeah, for sure that's and a tricky. That's a tricky tie. Like going away to Legia, going away to uh, Alkmaar. Like of all the groups we could have got, like it, it's not the open door. Like no, I, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, Boys, evident uh, game on Thursday morning uh, at Villa Park. I've called a fairly I don't want to say weakened, but I have called a fairly weakened squad. And I think we'd play a stronger squad if we weren't playing Brighton on Saturday night. Such an important game early in the year. So give us your scores on the uh, Villa Everton game in the AFL Cup. I'm going to continue my trend of staying positive, boys, even though I've been burnt with a couple of games. I'm going to go 3-1 Villa. Over to you, Spud. Um, I'm going to say 2-0 Villa. Because I, I think Everton might have to play a bit of a weakened side as well because their relegation is their issue at the moment. They can't really, they can't be focusing too much on cups. I think personally, John Dyche's job will be to keep them up. So I think two 0 Villa. Yeah, I'm going to go two 0 as well. Um, they've still got a few injuries in their squad as well. So uh, yeah, I think they're going to play a weakened squad. So we mm. play Brighton, and Brighton are definitely on Saturday night going to test our high line. The the way they're passing, they can pass the ball over the top. Their intricate passing and their uh, movement off the ball is the most exciting thing for me. It's not just the movement with the ball, but every single player seems to know exactly where they need to run at what time. Yeah. They're such a well-coached team, man. They, mm. they're, 
just uh, their movement is just oh it's class like and they they can hurt you all over the pitch their the four back line can play to play with the ball all the midfielders are comfortable on the ball they've got pace they've got goal scorers in the team they they they've goals goals from come all from all over the pitch I actually think it's gonna be a really really good game because Villa are good at home Brighton will come attack us and we almost welcome teams to attack us when we're at home so uh, I think it's going to be a very good game. Yeah, they've they've got everything, haven't they? They've got you know the pace. They've got the it just you know they've got physical players as well. Ferguson up front and Matoma's movement, and they've just yeah they they're a really really solid outfit now, and and they've just got players like like Lamperty came into their team last week and he hadn't played for a while and a couple of assists and he was sort of rated as one of the top right backs in the league two years ago and sort of lost his place now and so they've sort of built their own like a strong squad there as well and yeah I think it's going to be a cracking game there's definitely going to be goals in that one yeah they're going to um, they're going to push up their right and left back right up the field um, between them I think they've got four assists at the moment so they they're really doing kind of that Marino role that we've seen they push right up, but they do track back. Um, so maybe Bailey needs to watch a little bit of uh, tape of uh, Estupinen and Beltman because he they track back. You watch, as quick as they get up the pitch, they're back defending. So um, I love the style of play they're playing. They're, they're pro- probably one of the better teams to watch this year. Mm. And Ferguson is a ball. Yeah. You'd be happy, Spud. You know, Ferguson, he's, he looks quality and, you know, he's going to lead the line for you guys for a while, I would have thought. Yeah, but every time the international games come around, he's injured. <laughs> so, he's, hey, he's doing a Ryan gigs, is he? Not turning up for internationals, mate. Yeah. No, he's quality, man. And he, 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 he's Irish true and true. So we, once he starts playing for us, he's going to be a massive, massive benefit. I think it's the boys. I seriously rate him. I think he reminds me of sort of, you know, that sort of Harry Kane, Dean Ashton type of striker. I used to love Dean Ashton, just, you know, a big fella, but really technical striker, similar to Harry Kane as well. I know that's, that's a, a bit of a reach at the moment, but he's, he's just got those attributes to me. He's got the size, but he's just got lovely technique. He's also got a Lego head. <laughs> I know, honestly, have a look at his head. His hair's perfect. You cannot tell the difference between his forehead and his jawline. He's, he's a Lego man. <laughs> he's um yeah he's he's got it all. Very very naturally naturally talented footballer. And I think he's just going to get better and better. And bright, kudos to Brighton's um Brighton's uh recruitment team again. Like they just keep churning out these players after yep. players, don't they? And kudos mm. for not uh yeah exactly right. And kudos for having the uh the. It is brave these days to play young players, especially when you're a team pushing for Champions League. And 18 years of age, it's yeah, got to be exciting for you, Spud. Because, um, yeah, whilst he might be injured now, you can see him being in the Irish shut-up for the next 10 years. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he'll walk into that Irish team anyway. There's no, there's no fear of that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be a game. Uh, it's definitely going to be a game of chances. There's going to be a number of... Uh, I don't think there'll be many goals. I think... The keepers are going to do pretty well, but there's definitely going to be um, a lot of chances created. And where do you see us winning the game besides scoring more goals than the other team? Um, I, th- I think I, I, I think they can be they they can be hurt the same way that they can hurt us. I think the ball's over the top or what's going to win this game because yep. who's more who's more clinical because 
both Villa and Brighton, the way they set up tactically, they're happy to let the other team have the ball if they need that and then hit the counter. But then the onus on Villa at home to attack a bit more. But both play a relatively high line um, and get their full backs high up the pitch. So I would expect balls over the top and onto the Abbey and Watkins would probably be our main route to goal, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, sorry, I, I put the Abbey and Watkins as well, just highlighted them there. I think whoever gets a foothold on the game I can keep the ball best as well. I think that midfield battle is going to be interesting. If we go with Kamara and Louise, I think dominating in there to keep the ball and then set the Abbey and Watkins free is, yeah, like you say, that's our that's our avenue for goals there. And likewise with Brighton, they'll, they'll be thinking the same thing, that they'll be looking at our defence and seeing what we've done so far this season, thinking they can get in behind us as well. So... Do you want to pick your squads, guys? So um, I think it's going to be a pretty similar starting eleven um, from last uh, from last night. Uh, Martinez has to start in goal. Yeah, um, I think it'll be Cash right back. Yep. to try and push um, Estepinian back a bit. Um, Torres and Conza, I think, are nailed on to play centre back. Mm-hmm. Um, look, Dean will definitely start, and he deserves it. It's not just because Mourinho's out. Dean, Dean is on the spot at the moment. To be fair to him. Yep. Uh, Oh, to be fair to him, absolutely. He's he's exceeded my expectations this season. Kamara and Louise, I just I can't see how Tillman's gonna break that up at the moment without without something happening, you know. I think I think mm. the tough games Tillman's will play but Tillman's come in for McGinn. Possibly. If 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 he decides that he wants to dominate that midfield area, he may play a little um a little uh, flatter tree in the middle. But yeah. I think the thing is I, this is the kind of game you need McGinn's work rate, where the ball is moving fast. So um, I would expect McGinn to start that game because McGinn, McGinn will get around the pitch a lot more than Tillemans. Yeah, um, I, 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 I personally, I'm just gonna. I, I think you're probably gonna get it right. I'm gonna get it wrong. I would actually start Tillemans there as the as the more dangerous play to make Brighton accountable. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'd I think- probably put Tillemans in. I think that's a fair call from both of you, though. I wouldn't be surprised to see um, Tielemans dropping in with Kamara and Louise, like like Spud's saying. I think, you know, if he really wants to go strong in there and, and dominate possession at home, I think that's not a bad option. Um, but then whether that takes away from, you know, the pace and the attack a bit further forward, yeah, maybe. But, yeah, you could see Bailey come in then instead of no, Samiolo, no. maybe. But see, <laughs> I, I, I think Rhino could be right, Paul, because there, Bailey will stay higher up the pitch than Zaniolo, and he's going to want to stop those full-backs getting as high. Like like, like yeah. we did there. Ram, Ramsey would probably play there, I think, if he's fit, to be honest. That would be my mm. guess. Like we did yeah. at home against Newcastle last year to stop Trippier getting too far up the pitch. They played Ramsey yeah. just really high, and they'll probably do something similar because um, you Veltman or Pascal Gross actually drops back there and plays right back at times. He he really he, he keeps teams guessing um to Zorby, so he's really really smart tactically like. So it's really hard to pick the Brighton team, you know? Yeah, I do. Well, I was gonna go um I was gonna go Tillman's Kamara, Louise, um and Ramsey as my midfield. Yeah, yeah well, I think I... if Ram if Ramsey is capable of the starting match fitness, I think Ramsey will start ahead of Zaniola for this game. Zaniola Yeah, I, I, I do too. Yeah, I think Zaniolo will play against Everton, but I think Ramsey will play again if 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 he's fit enough to start and just to push those fullbacks back. And I do think it will be McGinn, to be honest. 
Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I just can't. I obviously want to hear what you've got to say, uh, Rhino, for sure. But it's probably the depth we've got now. The fact that we're able to put forward really good arguments different lineups is yeah. such to what we've built. It's what it's what you need, though, isn't it? If you're going to be competing on all fronts, you know, teams above us have always had good depth, good benches, and it's something we've looked at at other teams in and around us as well. Have always had stronger squads than us, and even going back in the last season, we were probably running on empty because we were using a lot of the same players week in, week out. It's going to take a while to adjust, though, I think, having that depth. And, you know, some of these players haven't played a lot of football and then reintegrating them in. And even the new players who've come in this season, they still, you know, Zaniolo, Torres, Tielemans, they still need time to bed in. But when we do, I think we've we've got a really good squad now. And I think we are capable of fighting on on a few fronts. Agreed there. So, so who have you got as your midfield there, Rhino? Same thing. I think I'd probably go in with... Uh, I think he will go Tielemans, Kamara and Louise. And then I wouldn't be surprised to see Bailey, uh, McGinn and then Watkins just sit, just up front there. So Diaby. Diaby is definitely playing this game. Diaby is 100% player. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, he probably will actually. Yeah, it's... Absolutely. <laughs> He's probably, he's probably been our best performer this season. His pace against that Brighton high line, he'll, Diaby will definitely play. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe, yeah, maybe the Bailey swap for Diaby. But yeah, the pace is going to be key, though, 100%. And yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, definitely Diaby will start, though. You're right. Well, I mean, I still can't believe we've got Diaby, to be honest. I think if you if you buy Diaby now, um, you'd be looking at 80-odd million, I reckon. He, he he's incredibly direct, isn't he? Like it's just like, yep. like he gets that ball, and but he's a real team player, man. The passion he shows when the goals going, like for the other when his players score and stuff, it's really good to see, you know. And and Zaniola as well. So you see him jumping around on the sidelines when we're scoring and stuff, and that's what you need. You know, you don't need to just good players. You need someone that's going to integrate well into the team as well, you know. But yeah, um, I think the Abbey man is just like he. He's going to go on a run of goals soon. He's going to hit the net and just start sparking because, so, man, the boy can do everything. Like, and he, he, do, he, he doesn't do these flex and tricks, does he? He just gets the ball and goes. Like, and, to me, um, he's the most exciting player that we've had in years. I just love watching yeah. him. It's just so good. I, I just can't believe he's at Villa Park. I think he's a perfect foil for Ollie Watkins as well in a lot of ways. Like Spud's just saying, he... He releases Watkins at the right times and he doesn't hold on to the ball too much, even though he probably, you know, he's got it in the tank to burn players and go past people. He's very aware and, and very smart. Like, you know, even against the for Watkins's goal against Chelsea, he picks the ball up and, you know, puts Watkins through. He's, he's not a selfish player. He doesn't look like. And, yeah, he, I, I think, again, he's just come into the, the team and the league but once he settles in fully and integrates fully, that you know, is a real player. When when Torres when Torres settles fully, because Torres, as we know, is just so so good on the ball. His delivery is just top notch. When you yeah. have such a willing runner in the Abbey and someone who can play the ball like Torres can, when we start dominating possession a bit more, like that's going to be some weapon of a ball over the top line. Yeah. So let's do it, guys. Let's um let's have a look. Scores against Brighton. Um, I'll start. I'll be the negative one. One all. Yeah, I'm going to go one all as well. I'll do something different. I'll stick with a draw. I'm going to go two all. 
well, it's going to be some kind of game. So we've all gone the draw, which wouldn't – I know it's at Villa Park, but if we can get a result on Thursday morning in Severn and we don't lose to Brighton, um, then I'm, I'm not too unhappy with that at all. Um, I did call for the draw against Chelsea, but now looking at that, oh, if we can sneak three points against Brighton, my goodness, do we? I'm going to definitely start to dream about um, Champions League football. I know I said dream. I didn't say we'd get there, but I'm, I'm allowed to dream if we can knock Brighton off. Absolutely, yeah. But, uh, but like our recent record against Brighton is pretty good. So, and I'm going to the home record the way we are. Like, everyone's going to go to win that game. Like, like he's not going to, look, I'm sure he'd take the draw, but he's not, at home, he's going to want the three points. So, yeah, I did. it's a good thing, though. Like, because I was, what we were saying a while ago about the uh, strength and depth and stuff. Isn't it good, though? Because, like, last season, we could pretty much name the starting 11 week in, week out, near mm. enough. And, and obviously, if three people doing home podcasts like ourselves can do it, then surely the opposition managers who are yep. in football were able to like pick what who is going to line up for us. But they must be struggling to wonder who's going to be starting now as well. So it's really it's really positive, isn't it? Yeah, we just need the uh, and you know I think the Villa support at home it's starting to get really loud, and we just hope that that can continue. And I think that's what I was trying to make that point of the next week. Uh, or when those games start from the Thursday to the Friday, the Villa faithful get to see three games at home. Um, evident, in, they get to see a cup game, a uh, Premier League game, and then a Conference League Europe game. How good's that? Yeah, yeah you, do you, sorry, Rena. No, you're right. Go for it. I was going to say, didn't the away fans sound loud again last night, man? Oh, yeah. yeah. My brother was at the Palace game and I was sort of talking to him and I was saying, how was the atmosphere and stuff? And he said he was bouncing in there and, you know, he, he was just saying, you know, Palace fans held their own. But he said, yeah, the atmosphere is just unreal at Villa Park at the moment. And, you know, like you say, we, we've got a, a quality manager. We're winning at home, got a really good record at home. And, yeah, the place is just, yeah, it's bouncing. So we're going to beat Everton. Um, we've all called for a draw against Brighton, but we're all obviously hoping um, that, that, you know, it is the three points. I, I, I'm really starting to enjoy seeing the results around us already this year. Um, like the, the Tottenham and, and Arsenal game, which was an absolute cracker, being too all suited us. It's just really, you know, I'm being able to enjoy watching all the different teams play and, and go, oh, this is good for us. That's good for us. You know, so... Um, Seeing Man United struggle. What about the Newcastle game this morning, boys? Oh, unreal. Nil. Yeah. I think the league's wide open, though. I think, you know, I know Man City are probably the standout there. But I, I think everyone around us, once we settle and we get some of these new players, you know, into the rhythm, I think we're a match for anyone in this league, to be honest with you. And like you said, I think... Yeah, we're gonna... your, home, your home form's got to be strong, which it is. And then if we can just pick up a bit away from home, then, yeah, no one's no one's going to want to play us. Well, I'll tell you what, mate. Um, I know that everyone's saying that, you know, it's all, you know, Man City's to lose again. But the Bruyne is injured. Uh, Kovovic, uh, Silva, they've got some injuries starting to mount up there as well. Mm. How good does that Jeremy Daku look? The two lads that we were linked at before. We actually had a bid in for Alvarez. Look how good the two of them look now, you know. Of course, when, you, when, when you're sniffing around those players, like uh, once Man City start coming in for them, you just don't get them. But uh, I think 
I think as a backup to Diaby, the fact that we got our first choice is, is perfect as well, you know. But the um, yeah, that Daku, I think I think Grealish might struggle to get into that team now. Oh, I agree. I think he's completely mm. brilliant. And and you know, it's really funny. Harland is not getting many touches, which he doesn't need to, and he looks like he's out of form. And the bugger's already on eight goals. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. The man's an absolute goal machine, isn't he? Like, it's 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 he's scary a freak. Have we ever known? Have we ever known? I, I've never known a goal scorer like him. He only Marco, Marco Van Basten. Nah. Marco Van Basten mm. his injury. Absolute oh, sorry, absolutely um, agree. Sorry, do agree with you. I, I, I should have qualified that by saying uh, first division or Premier League. I, I haven't seen yeah. like that. Yeah, he, Marco Van Basten nah. was my first kind of hero in football. Like myself, my dad just loved AC Milan. I mentioned that before when, when I was a kid. Like, and Marco Van Basten, but he he got hit by injury. But Haaland reminds me of him in many ways. Like that big, strong, kind of lanky frame, but just can score from anywhere. Like, uh, look, my favourite players over the over. The, I had to pick the country, and I know a lot of people go South American, but for me, the Dutch players have been my favourite over the past few decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. Oh, they've had some quality, haven't they? When, when Ajax won the uh, Champions League in '95 under Louis van Gaal, and you had like Kluiver, Seedorf, Davids, um, Blind, Van der Sar, Blind. Yeah. All players who went down, like what? What a team to have together for a year or two, like in their in the young age, and then they just all they all went around Europe. Bergkamp maybe, or was Bergkamp gone? Into, no, he was at Inter Milan. But that's yeah, it. was Clivert, Clivert there? Patrick Clivert, yeah. Just then, and then they all just went away and made a mark all over Europe, you know. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, you look you look at teams like Ajax over the years, and Johan Cruyff and Rijkaard and Van Basten and guys like that. You know, what an unbelievable club. I mean, you just said Davids as well. and Clivert. Mm. Who else? Um, I know we're off the... Uh, oh, Van Bissar, did he play for them? As yeah, Van well? was the goalkeeper in 95. Yeah. Uh, when they beat Milan in the final, yeah. yeah Michael Reisiger, he was, you know, he, he had a massive career after there, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Niskins. I mean, it's just, you can keep naming names. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to do... Oh, Frank DeBoer. I don't know who else. Um Oh, there's got to be other names on Mark. It, it's, mad, it's mad how little success they've had, really, like compared when you look at the generation of talents they've had over the years in the Dutch national team, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Right they've had more, like, yeah, unreal. They've, they've had so much talent in that team, and they're like you say, you just never quite put it together, though, have they? No, and, and look, this uh, just to remind people, this is a Villa podcast, <laughs> <laughs> football. You, you'll talk about any football, um, so. Look, um, guys, we are sixth on the ladder. We've got a really big week in a bit. We need to get ourselves back on track in Europe. We need a little bit of a cup run, which would be lovely. And I just don't think, you know, in previous years, we've dropped points that we, we just can't afford to drop points against Brighton because they're going to be one of the teams um, up against us. We do not want to drop points against them at home. So mm. I think we'd be a little bit more cautious than we normally are um, and, and maybe work our way into the game. Uh, into the second half, but we cannot start slow. We can't. We cannot do what we did in Europe the week before. No, and I don't think we will at home. To be honest, the onus will be on us to perform at home. And typically, typically we do try and take the game by the scruff of the neck. Um, you'd need another Luis and Kamara performance like that to get something out of it. Though, if Kamara can perform to that kind of level again, we have a chance against anybody. Like I, I, I must look at the statistics for his ball recoveries last night. It must be really, really high. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, guys, we put a we put it out too late, unfortunately, to get questions for this pod tonight. Uh, but guys, please on Australian fans of Villa and on Aussie villains at Twitter and through us as well. Get your questions out there. It's one of our favourite parts of the pod. Um, Spud, you've also got a podcast going at the moment. Listen to the first couple. Fantastic. Tell us a little bit about your podcast and and, and, and where we can get that one as well. Yeah, cheers, Paul. Um, well, basically, obviously, I love doing the Aussie Villains podcast, so this is where I like to come on and chat about Villa. So I wanted to start the general podcast uh, on football. But, like, I like hearing people's life experiences with football, like, you know, because people, like, there's so much interesting stuff going on with the, all different kinds of clubs at the moment, and there's just a lot of stuff going on, so I've had a few guests now have been really good so far, and, yeah, I have a couple of great guests lined up, so I'd appreciate it if you give it a listen, and uh, you can find me at, at Spud Talk Football, and, yeah, yeah, the links to the podcast will be on there. And that's Spud Talks Football on Apple and um, Anchor and Google, uh, Spotify, places like that. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. And it, 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 it's going to be on YouTube pretty soon as well. So, uh, oh, yeah. Well, we'll need to get Rhino doing a podcast of his own soon. Well, I'm more than happy just being on you, fellas. And the, the, the technical side of things is not my forte, so I'll leave that to you guys. Well, guys, we do, <laughs> we do get to repeat a, a similar joke from the other week, and it's a terrible joke. But why did the Sheffield United fans go home hungry? Don't know. Eight mil. They they ate nothing. (laughs) Eight mil. Oh my god, that's a terrible joke to end the podcast on. But uh, boys, any anything further there for the for anything else you wanted to bring up tonight? Yeah, bring on Ireland for the Rugby World Cup. Come on, the Irish. Yeah, big result for Wales this morning. So to all our Aussie listeners and Australian fans. yeah, sucked in. Big well, result for Wales. I'm going to say this as the Aussie and talking to talking to my dad about it um, this morning. We're both hoping for an Ireland uh, Wales final. And, That'd be nice. And we have loved rugby. We've loved all sports all our life. But this is what Australian rugby deserves. They've they've put no money into the grassroots. They've taken it for granted, mm-hmm. and it's now. Uh, uh, I don't think it'll ever recover in this country. I, I don't. I, I I cannot see the Wallabies being relevant again, again in the next few decades. And I can tell Very you why. It's only played in private schools. It's not played in yeah. public schools. It's only played in two states here. Um, so anyone who doesn't know about the Wallabies outside of Australia... They, they wouldn't realise how small the player pool is. I, I was very surprised when I moved over here because Australia have always been very strong at rugby union. But when I first moved over here, then you realise that, you know, AFL, Aussie rules, and then rugby league, the NRL, are the prime sports over here. And then obviously football, soccer is, is growing at a, at a fast rate over here. Rugby union, I just don't see it anywhere played locally or you know and I, I live in I live in Melbourne which is an AFL hotspot obviously in Victoria but um I was that that really did surprise me that you know for a country that's been so strong at the sport that there's just nothing going on locally well teams like the um uh, up here in Queensland Miami, Queensland Reds no one goes and watches them anymore mm-hmm. they were so exciting uh, at one stage and the more you become in, in our modern society where everyone's on their devices or looking for the latest entertainment, if you're not doing an entertaining brand and winning, you, you fast become irrelevant in Australia and rugby's in massive trouble. Yep. 
Anyway, this is a Villa podcast. Um, boys, we are going to hopefully uh, speak over the weekend with uh, two Villa wins and Ireland and Wales looking good in the Rugby World Cup. Boys, this is the Aussie Villains podcast. We will speak to you in a few days' time. Up the Villa. Up the Villa. Up the Villa. is sent off and Chelsea are down to 10 men. Oh, beautiful from Conor Gallagher. Okay, not the worst cutback. Gallagher's off the pitch here. Villa are playing on and Diaby has found Watkins. One-on-one with Levi Colwell. Watkins looking for space to shoot. Brilliant first time from Colwell. Oh, and then he's put it in, Ollie Watkins. Unbelievable. Looked as though the opportunity had gone. But Watkins gobbled it up when it came back to him second time around. On the break, Aston Villa lead. Watkins scores here for the second season in a row. And the 10 men trail.